What a great pleasure it is to be with uh, all of you this morning. And, uh, you know, the uh, roots of this organization go back a long way in trying to help uh, bring our party back after electoral defeats in the 60s. And I think uh, at uh, no time in recent history is it more important that we look back but also look forward as a party to try to figure out not only where our opportunities are today, but uh, what our responsibilities are uh, for tomorrow as uh, we look forward to a, a good November uh, 2010. Although I always want to tell you that it's very, uh, that, that I wish the election could be held uh, today. Uh, because we know how quickly things can change, and indeed things have changed so quickly since the November 2008 election. Well, we know there's a lot of intellectual ferment going on among Republicans trying to uh, uh, figure out that, uh, when we return to power, not if we return to power, but when we return to power, what kind of um, party we will be and uh, what, uh, how we will govern uh, once we're given the reins uh, back to government. But uh, we know that there's a lot of really uh, exciting things happening from Scott Brown in Massachusetts, which I want to talk about a little bit, and uh, people like uh, Paul Ryan, who I just think is one of the great stars of our party, and uh, uh, is, uh, I think it, it makes me feel better and uh, get more excited when I see uh, these new faces and, and new voices and uh, step up and uh, take on uh, someone as powerful as the President of the United States, and uh, in a very respectful, of course, sort of way. And so, and I think there's also, in addition to uh, concern about uh, Republicans being in opposition, uh, that we uh, come up with constructive alternatives to the command and control agenda that we see coming out of uh, this White House and this administration. Um, of course, like uh, one of the things I think that uh, characterizes the age we're living in is an age of instantaneous communication. And I'm not just talking about the 24 our cable shows and talk radio. Now it's uh, Facebook and Twitter, and, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't invite you to follow me on Facebook. <laughs> I actually uh, uh, like to go on and update those accounts on a regular basis myself, which uh, um, makes my friends happy, it uh, aggravates my critics, and it makes my staff extremely nervous, I can assure you. We see also there's a nascent political movements around the country like the Tea Party. Uh, and a lot of the folks went to town hall meetings in August to express their concerns. Many of these folks have never participated in politics before. And they're not really quite sure how to do it, although they do uh, believe in exercising their First Amendment freedoms to assemble and, and express their concerns about what they see happening in Washington. My own view is that Republicans ought to welcome uh, these new, uh, newly active Americans uh, and into our midst, and to the extent that our concerns or their concerns and vice versa, that, uh, that they ought to be worked out, uh, any differences ought to be worked out in our Republican primaries, uh, because the last thing we want to do, I think, is to force them into a third party effort which will invariably elect Democrats, as it did in the 23rd Congressional uh, District in, in New York recently. Well, you know, it's amazing that uh, we are where we are, and it's amazing this White House is as tone-deaf as it, as it is. Um, they think that they have a communications problem, so they're, uh, they're, they're, they're 
objective is to roll out the president even more and more, probably the most overexposed president of the United States in American history. Uh, and they think it's about uh, campaign tactics and, uh, and, uh, and strategy. Well, of course, the setting in which all this occurs is when unemployment is at certainly unacceptable highs, 9.7% for the country. Fortunately, I come from a state where unemployment is 8.2%, but even that is uh, far too unacceptably high. And we, uh, of course, the question on all our minds is what's holding job growth back as the, uh, we're starting to see ourselves coming out of the recession with positive GDP growth? What's holding job growth back? I think one of the things clearly that's holding job growth back is the climate of political uncertainty. Uh, people don't know whether you're going to be subjected in the oil and gas industry or whether you're an agricultural producer to a cap and trade bill, which is going to drive up your energy costs. And uh, whether you're going to be subjected, if you're a small employer, to a card check, uh, which is going to uh, uh, make uh, your job much more difficult and much more uh, expensive. Whether you're going to be subjected to a $2.5 trillion health care bill, which is going to raise premiums, which is going to raise taxes, and which is going to take a half a trillion dollars from Medicare, which is already on a fiscally unsustainable path with $38 trillion in unfunded liabilities. All of this creates a climate of uncertainty where job creators are sitting on the sidelines, waiting for things to settle down so they know what the rules of the road are. And of course, uh, this is uh, on the heels of this comes the president's uh, budget with two point excuse me, $3.8 trillion in more spending, including an additional $1.3 uh, in deficit spending, $2 trillion in more taxes over 10 years. And that doesn't include the additional taxes that might be part of a cap-and-trade scheme. And $9.8 trillion in more debt over the next 10 years. And uh, so these are creating a lot of uh, concern on the part of these Tea Party folks. Uh, but all the American people, and actually it's gone from concern to fear uh, to anger, um, sort of the stages of grieving, I guess you would, uh, and uh, they're experiencing tremendous remorse uh, at what they uh, created with the election in 2008. Well, I think there's a, a lot of lessons to be learned in life and in politics from good examples, and the one example I'd like to point out is, uh, is Scott Brown. How does a guy who, who's running for the seat formerly held by Teddy Kennedy win as a Republican in deep blue Massachusetts? Well, you know, it was pretty, pretty remarkable. Uh, Marilyn alluded to this, but in the middle of December, we began tracking the, uh, the race in Massachusetts, just frankly, because we didn't want to be caught by surprise. And we thought if there was an opportunity, we wanted to take advantage of it. And we found that Martha Coakley's numbers had collapsed from 30-point lead to 3-point lead among the most likely voters, the most uh, uh, likely to turn out. And uh, the polling further said that even in Massachusetts, which of course has a, a state health care plan, uh, which as Mitt Romney will point out, there is no public option, it's not a government-run plan, uh, and the like, there are significant differences. But even in, in uh, Massachusetts, the national health care plan being pushed by the president was deeply unpopular. And so here's a fellow running for the seat formerly held by Teddy Kennedy. You notice I didn't call it the Kennedy seat, it's the people's seat, right? Um, but he ran on it saying, I'll be the 41st vote to stop this bill and start over. It took, took a lot of courage, uh, but he was very clear. And he also campaigned on broad-based uh, tax 
uh, relief, uh, championed by people like John F. Kennedy and uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, because he said that's what it would take to begin to get our economy moving again and be the best kind of stimulus. And he said we needed to treat terrorists as uh, enemies, uh, not as uh, criminal defendants, and Mirandizing them and the like, providing them with, with lawyers. He ran a positive campaign, and I think it was just a perfect storm of uh, him tapping into the popular sentiment there in Massachusetts and rage, which frankly I think that the White House has yet to uh, really understand and, uh, and respond to. Well, in November of 2010, obviously we have about uh, 19 uh, Republican seats up, 19 Democratic seats, and we're seeing uh, great opportunities mainly because we have great candidates. People like Rob Port in Ohio, Roy Blunt in Missouri, where you're seeing a clash of the two uh, uh, political families and dynasties in Carnahan and Blunt. But I like Roy's chances a lot. 